The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Some Greeks who had come to worship at the Passover feast came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Philip then went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Amen, amen, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there also will my servant be. The Father will honor whoever serves me. I am troubled now, yet what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. But it was for this purpose that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd there heard it and said it was thunder. But others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, the voice did not come for my sake, but for yours. Now is the time of judgment on this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. He said this indicating the kind of death he would die. The Gospel of the Lord. So right before Mass, church was like really empty. There was no acolyte. There was no servers. Then I came out and looked really sad, and thankfully Mr. Thorpe came up to help out. And then about five servers showed up at 11.01. And we were kind of laughing about that as we were saying the opening prayer and, you know, like... We're human, like, those things happen. You know, we have human problems. The problem with humans are humans. And 
And I think it's important to realize that, that the problem with humans are humans sometimes, like we're sometimes, you know, we just have to like recognize that we don't do the things that we want to do. Sometimes we get stuck in our lives. Even Jesus in today's gospel, you know, has this experience where, you know, these Greeks come in and they somehow know Philip. And so they go to Philip and they say, oh, we want to see Jesus. And then Philip doesn't really know what to do with that. And so he goes and consults with Andrew. Hey, there's these people here. They're Greeks. I kind of know them from this other part of my life, but uh, they want to see Jesus. What should we do? Andrew kind of says, well, we probably should go ask Jesus. And all of this signals to our Lord that the hour has come for him to be glorified. Right? The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I've done this work of preaching the kingdom of heaven. It's spread even to these Greeks. They've come. Now the time has come for me to be glorified. And we would think like, yes, it's time to be glorified. But then immediately he says, I am troubled now. Right? I'm troubled now. Because our Lord is fully God and he's fully human. He's fully man. One person, two natures. He's a divine person. He still has this human nature though and the human nature is troubled now because he knows what it means to be glorified. He knows that it means that he needs to die. So I'm troubled now, but what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. It's for this purpose that I came to this hour, and so I say, Father, glorify your name. Even though I'm troubled, my desire is the desire to do what it is that you want from me. I desire the thing that you desire for me. Which isn't easy to do. But it is what brings us to life and it is what glorifies God because it reveals him to the world. When we desire the things that God desires for us, it glorifies him. Because when our hearts want the very things that our Lord wants for us, then our Lord's will is revealed to those people around us. It brings us to that place of truly being a light in the darkness of our culture. It allows us to bring light to the darkness of our culture. And we live in a dark culture. And we live in a world that's filled with division. 
And we are more and more aware of that division because the media has allowed us to be more and more aware of that division. There's this great political division in our country that we all are very aware of and we follow it just like we follow like reality television. Like Fox News and CNN are just as good as reality television. And we kind of follow it with this fascinated, like Bishop Ruskowitz would always say, horrified fascination. And so we're very aware of that. And then we also have the same kind of division in our church. And all we have to do is like look at our Facebook feed and we might have Catholic friends from one part of our life and Catholic friends from another part of our life and they're like fighting with each other on our social media and we're not even like involved, but we feel like we're involved because we get caught up in this mess. We've had this last year of so many people from the entertainment industry coming forth and revealing to the world that they had been abused within that industry. And the very industry that's like arguing and showing forth this idea of freedom, especially freedom within the way that we live out our sexuality, and yet there we find out that there's all this like brokenness and dark things going on in their lives. And it can leave us feeling really confused, and it can leave us feeling stuck. And we can kind of get drawn into this idea that everything is so bad. But the other way of looking at all of these kinds of problems in the world is that perhaps our Lord is just saying it's time for the Son of Man to be glorified And so I'm pulling back the veil so that we can see what's really going on. Because all of that division has already been going on. It's just become very obvious recently. And the evil one likes to work in the darkness. He likes to work in secret. He likes it that there was all this duplicity going on and nobody knew about it. So you can have this presentation of sin as if it's virtue. It's what the evil one wants, and for some reason at this point in the history of the world, this veil has been ripped back so that we can see, oh wait, there's something wrong here. And it makes it more obvious so that we can choose against what is evil and glorify our Lord by the way that we live our lives. And that pulling back the veil, it has to happen first and foremost in our own hearts. We can get caught up in this divided world because it reminds us somehow of the division in our own hearts. Like what part of our heart belongs to our Lord and what part of our heart belongs to the world or belongs to sin. What part of our heart is 
holding on to resentments or unforgiveness, what part of our heart is reluctant to allow our Lord to transform us? The worldly division that we get caught up in, it stems forth from division within ourselves. And in Jesus, there's no division, and that's his desire for you. His desire for you is that you live a life where there's no division within yourself. To live a life where you know where you belong. You know that you belong to him. And despite all of the craziness that goes on around us, we're solid and we're peaceful and we're joyful because our hearts are undivided. Our hearts belong to the Lord. And so within our own Hearts, we might ask ourselves the question, no, in the midst of the division in my heart, can I say it's time for the Son of Man to be glorified? Is it time yet for Jesus to be glorified in my own life? Which means I give my heart completely to him. I renounce all fear, all division, all worry, all anxiety, and I give my heart completely to him. I break down the walls that I've built around my heart in order to protect it from being hurt by the world so that our Lord can enter in and transform it. Are we ready yet to say that? Because this is the place that our Lord was leading his disciples to. And at this point in his earthly life, he realized, okay, now is the time. And when he says, Father, glorify your name, then this voice comes that says, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. And our Lord says that those words are for you. I will glorify it again applies to the crowds, which means that they apply to us. He will glorify it again in your own life. And that's the promise that he's made. And he certainly keeps that promise. And as we approach Easter, this time of renewing our commitment to him, renewing our baptismal promises, we might reflect on this Lenten season and say, well, okay, how did I do? And we might come to the conclusion that, yeah, I'm a human, and uh, I didn't do as good as I wanted to do. But the deeper question isn't, like, how did I do? It's... Am I ready for the Son of God to be glorified in my own life? And to ask him to glorify himself in you. 
so that his life radiates in you. And as he heals everything that needs to be healed in our lives, we find ourselves more and more free. And the whole of our lives is about learning more and more each day to be loved by our Lord so that he can be glorified in our lives. And it might be all of those kinds of things that need to get unstuck. People who have hurt us, people who have betrayed us, people who have sinned against us, our own sins that we've committed because we feel lonely and isolated and we don't trust people. All of those things need to be purified by our Lord. How do we do that? We make our first priority always our own conversion, our own healing. Our first priority should be, uh, there's part of me that I just don't know how to let go, or I don't know how to let our Lord in, and I'm going to be really stubborn about letting our Lord in and just continue to ask him to purify that part of our hearts. Now, in my own life, the last couple of, actually, this is in the last couple of weeks, I've had this like weird freedom that I'm just really curious about. You know, I think when I, was in, when I was in high school, I was a pretty good person. When I was at West Point, I remember like, learning discipline and like, how important it is to have everything in the right place and you're, like, organized. And, you know, you have freedom in that. There's freedom in that. And my parents got divorced when I was 19. And I was at West Point. And I remember after that, it was always just a struggle to organize my life around me. It's just always a struggle. Like, I knew that it was more free when things were in their place, but I kind of was just like, eh, it's okay that things are a mess. It's like, you know, it's okay. Why? Because, like, my interior life is kind of a mess, and so it's okay that the rest of my life is a mess. And then my life got to be really a mess, and then I went to the seminary, and, and things got a, better, and I learned to manage things. And I was never bad. But there was a part of me that was just, like, not free in that. And then in the last couple of weeks, through, like, various kinds of healing, both spiritual and psychological, and something shifted, and I'm just really curious about it. And it was connected to grief in my own life, like the grief over my parents' divorce, the grief over the loss of my mother when I was a kid, and... And I was able to connect with that and let our Lord into it in a more profound way. And then, like, in the last week, like, my room is completely in order. I see, like, the bottom of my closet floor for the first time, like, in four years since I've lived in the rectory. I know how many pair of shoes I have. There's a corner of my room that I can see. And I wasn't bad. I was human. But there's something that got unlocked in that. And because of the transformation that went on inside of me, then all of a sudden I was just like, "Ah, I'm sick of living in a life where it's just kind of disorganized. Because I stopped being okay with the fact that my heart was disorganized. That's what our Lord wants to do. Our Lord wants to organize our hearts. 
to cast out all division that lives there. When we allow him to do that, we glorify him. And then we're more free to reflect his love and his joy and his mercy to those around us. And so today, let us ask our Lord to glorify his name. To be glorified in our own lives. And commit ourselves to that kind of interior transformation, that interior freedom that he's willing to give to us so that his divinity can transform our humanity. That we may truly reflect his life to the world around us.